You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about reading appeal factors. They're similar to doorways, but they're kind of different. And we'll talk about how, but it can't, can't, these can be helpful for you. We're going to talk about them. It could be a way for you to help find books that you like. And we're giving advice mm-hmm. on what to do when another author finishes a series, like not the main author, someone else does. And we're recommending horror books with kissing. <laughs> really, the hot, one of our hottest, hottest requests lately. Uh, but first, Bria, what are you reading? I just finished the new Mona Awad, Rouge. I was literally asking you about this a couple of days ago. I know. Ago. I was like, did you I know. You're like, have you, have you read it yet? Okay. I would like to start a, a category of books that's called completely unhinged, but that's okay. Like, (laughs) or maybe it's called completely unhinged, but I'm super into it. This is in true Mona Awad form, completely unhinged. It's about a young woman who, whose mother just passed away and her um, mother gives her, she has to go home and take care of all of her stuff back in Southern California. She lives in uh, Canada, but she's really obsessed. The young woman uh, named Belle. Belle's really obsessed with skincare routines and skincare videos. And like she talks about it in the book. She's like, oh, my my Diamond Plus eye cream for I'm not even saying it right because there's like a million descriptors. Uh, I forgot to put it on before my son's, you know, whatever. The whole I think we both know people like that. Yeah, I'm a little like this. So I really related to it. I don't really watch videos, but she's really into videos. But then she ends up putting on these pair of shoes that her mother owned and going into this culty spa that she found out, finds out that her mother was like involved in that's open at night. And she goes in and there's all these like jellyfish, like floating and the people are perfect. And they're like, Oh, you could have a treatment here. So basically it's like, it's a bit of eyes wide shut meets like, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to eyes wide shut for skincare for skincare. Yep. 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 And it's all about like her going into this like weird spa where she doesn't quite know what's going on. And it's, I mean, it's a Mona Wad book. So it's like very weird, very esoteric and ethereal and like all of the things that you're hoping for from a book by her. And I I definitely recommend it. If you liked Bunny, if you liked um, All's Well, which was one of my favorite books a couple years ago, definitely in that same category, delivered on the Mona Awad experience. Uh, uh, What about you, Mallory? What are you reading? I want to talk about a book that I texted you about recently uh, that I just loved. And I was like, I have not seen anybody talk about this book. Yeah. It is The Invisible World by Nora Fussner. And I loved it so much. And I I picked it up in a bookstore when I went to Santa Cruz recently. And I was like, I haven't seen, I didn't even realize it was a 2023 book because I haven't seen it anywhere. So folks, wake up because you got to read this book. (laughs) It's a haunted house book because, you know, I cannot resist uh, the siren call of a haunted house book on a book store shelf. And it's about this young couple. They live out sort of in the, not in the sticks, but they live, you know, in I think it's upstate New York, sort of rural upstate New York. And the wife is an artist. She came from New York City and she's kind of frustrated. She felt like she was going to move out here and get all this work done. And she works as an art teacher. And it turns out that she hasn't gotten any work done at all. Her husband like made her a painting shed and she barely uses it. And instead of blaming herself for not doing any, anything, she's blaming everybody else. She blames mm. the town. She blames her job. She blames her husband. Her husband is like a very blue collar guy, doesn't understand what he did wrong, like what the problem is. So 
this is all, this whole situation is compounded by the fact that she thinks their house is haunted. And what they do is they call in this sort of like kind of low rent TV show that records like it's like one of those like ghost hunting shows. But she thinks that by talking to the show and kind of getting her story out there, she'll start to feel a little more like creatively fulfilled. And she just really wants to be, you could, you could tell this woman just like, really wants to be heard in some way. Only the show gets there and it's very clear that they have no interest in like playing therapist to this woman. They just want to mm. like make an episode of crappy TV and get out of there. And turns out, really weird stuff starts to happen. Okay, yeah. Really scary stuff, really weird stuff. Listen, if you invite a TV crew over, weird stuff is going to happen. That's all we know. (laughs) Don't invite TV crews into your house. Uh, And the other main character is the producer for the TV show, and, like, she's just trying to keep the show going. So you have these two women who are kind of not totally being fulfilled in life and, like, searching for something, and, like, all this weird stuff starts to happen, and it gets almost, like, cosmic horror-y at the end, mm. and it's so unusual, and it's so much fun, and I just really 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 loved it maybe i just love when tv crews come into haunted houses to teach because <laughs> it's like the third or fourth book that i read like this that i love um i just highly recommend it very and it's not soup i guess not no that's there's a couple moments in this book that are really really scary never mind but i really loved it and i think you should check it out it's uh, the invisible world by laura fussner and mine is rouge by mona awad So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Carrie, who is the one who inspired this whole episode, wrote in oh, to great. say, yeah, thanks, Carrie. Uh, Carrie says, hi, Brian Mallory. When listening to Ashley's FOMO problem about reading fantasy, I was reminded of something I learned from friend of the pod, Becky Spratford. When finding books for library patrons, we're taught to listen for, quote, appeal factors. Mm. These are like wheelhouses and doorways, but a little more specific. They include things like pace, characterization, setting, detail, tone, etc. You're right on. Look for recommendations that match a lot of your appeal factors. Maybe fast-paced mysteries and urban environments with a snarky tone or your thing. Mm. But then change one element to place it in a fantasy context. Hmm. Sound like Library of the Dead? I did this with horror and now I'm hooked. This also works for encouraging others to read more diverse books, even if they're discouraged by them by not being direct mirrors. How do you find these magical combos? By listening to podcasts or chatting with a local librarian. Don't be afraid to ask for someone trained in reader's advisory. So we'll talk about this a little bit later on, but I had never heard of appeal factors and I was so intrigued that... We wrote a whole episode about it. We did. We did. And I was excited to think about, think through some of these questions. It's cool. Ariana wrote in and said, hey, y'all, y'all's episode about buying books on vacation has been settling into my brain. And I realized I have a vacation book buying tradition that I wanted to share. I'm a bit of a birder, but I'm also quite particular about my bird field guides. So I hate buying field guides off the internet. And it's really rare that a bookstore will carry bird books for a place that's not local. I tried walking into a U.S. Barnes and Noble and asking for an Irish bird guide once. It did not go well. So I wait until I reach my destination and then I find the nearest big book bookstore and I buy my field guide there. And then I spend my trip looking up the birds that I just see around. This lets me hold the book in my hands and make sure that it's the layout and stuff that I like. Plus, I get to wander around the bookstore in a foreign land. I also fill the book with notes and ticket stubs and things from my trip. And now I have a bit of a shelf that has bird books from all over the world. And they're super special to me because they were a part of my trip. I love the show and thanks for all you do. Oh, that's really great. Hot bird tip. I love the idea of... um, of buying something that is going to be mostly just sold in that local place. You yeah, know, like a really, that, really cool idea. 
And it's not something I ever thought of that they may not have like a book about Irish birds in uh, an American store. So yeah, that totally makes sense. I love that idea. It's great. Yeah. Super hot bird dip. Carly wrote in to say, hi, Brian Mallory. Thank you to you both for all that you do. I've gotten so many great recommendations from you guys. Even though I'm not a Sarah, I fell back in love with reading after grad school, like many listeners. I just listened to your episode about disabled protagonists, and I'm thrilled to know that Mallory's taking ASL classes. I am also thrilled. I love my ASL classes. Nice. I am an ASL interpreter, and I love that you mentioned reading True Biz. I look forward to deaf authors getting published and creating more visibility. In fact, another interpreter colleague and I started a silent book club chapter after listening to your episode about it. Oh. And we have invited the deaf community to our meetups. Thanks again for helping me find my way with books and singing your praises for local libraries. I love this. That's great. Love it, love it, love it. Up and down. Uh, Bria, you want to read Carly's Wheelhouse? Mm -hmm. Unreliable narrators, morally ambiguous characters, memoirs about alcoholism, speculative fiction, completely separate characters with stories that eventually overlap in an unexpected way. I love that too. Interior lives of women, books a la House of Leaves or Piranesi. Uh, Not sure how to categorize those. And my reading doorway is plot slash story. I saw the funniest tweet recently that I almost sent to you. You know how the tops of Domino's pizza boxes are like all these different paragraphs of like descriptions of pizza, but in different, they're like facing different directions and some of the words go all the way around. I don't Don't know that, but I can imagine it. Someone tweeted that picture and was like, reading House of Leaves again. (laughs) (laughs) That's what made me laugh really hard. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Just a quick reminder, quick bookmark from us. If you are not a newsletter person, we, tomorrow, November 17th, the day after this episode comes out, are finally doing the Reading Glasses trivia event we are very excited all of you lovely maximum fund members unlocked this during the drive this year and we're going to have a slew of wonderful maximum fun hosts going head to head with me and bria in bookish trivia we're gonna see how many maximum fun hosts it takes to beat mallory and bria in book trivia we have a pretty incredible group of hosts we have alex schmidt from secretly incredibly fascinating we have jordan morris from jordan jesse go we have dan mccoy from the flop house and we're very excited to have friend of the show multiple guest ross blotcher from ono oh ross and carrie one of my favorite podcasts so these four gentlemen are going to see if they can take down me and bria it's going to be hosted by my boyfriend jeremy it's just going to be so much fun. So that's tomorrow night, 5 p.m. Pacific time. Uh, it is a open Zoom webinar. There's going to be a link in the show notes. You're definitely going to watch this. It's going to be an hour long. So it's 5 to 6 Pacific time tomorrow, November 17th. That's a Friday. Why not spend your Friday night trying to watch a bunch of uh, Maximum Fun hosts beat Bria and I? We're mm-hmm. going to have a blast. We yeah, can't wait. Uh- And also shout out to Jeremy for doing this. Uh, I like Mallory calls him my boyfriend, Jeremy, but he's also a writer and like a great, he's a great comic Mm -hmm. book writer. He is a producer. So he is uh, equipped, not outside of just being Mallory's boyfriend to host this. That's true. Although just being my boyfriend definitely is is credit enough. Yeah, it's true. It's probably true. (laughs) But yes, my producer of Oscar winning films, incredible comic book writer with his series that's out right now, Hollywood Special. You should check it out. It is, I'm biased, but it's my favorite comic of the year so far. And the father to my guests. So he's going to be moderating this and keeping score. It's just going to be so much fun. It's, it's like one of those jokes. Like how many how many maximum fun hosts does it take? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. We're going to find out. So before we talk about appeal factors, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Green Chef. 
Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean with dinners that work for you, not the other way around. You can feel your best and satisfy your cravings with adventurous eats made nutritious. Discover new flavors with recipes that feature certified organic fruits and vegetables, sustainably sourced seafood, and unique farm fresh ingredients like tart cherries, truffle zest, and rainbow carrots. You can eat all sorts of stuff this November with flavor-packed recipes like buttery lemon garlic shrimp, harissa apricot chicken, maple butternut squash risotto, and sriracha tamari beef bowls. Listen, I love getting my green chef. I love knowing what I'm going to make. At the end of the day, I don't want to make any decisions. I just want there to be food on my table. And look, I spend a lot of money just ordering takeout, and green chef is much cheaper. It's a much better choice if you want to save money and maybe have some leftovers for tomorrow, or just look like an amazing chef. Because it comes with all sorts of stuff, like truffle zest. You know you're not buying truffle zest at the store and going home and making it. This way, it arrives at your house. You know what you're going to make. It's so easy. And for Green Chef's best deal of the year, get $250 off with code GLASSES250 at greenchef.com slash GLASSES250. Wow, that is a lot of money, y'all. $250. That's greenchef.com slash glasses250 and code glasses250 for $250 off. Have you ever wanted to know the sad lore behind Chuck E. Cheese's love of birthday parties? Or my Saturday mornings are reserved for cartoons. Or have you wanted to know how beloved virtual pet site Neopets fell into the hands of Scientologists? Or how our former Mattel employee managed to grow Sega into a video game powerhouse. Join us, hosts Austin and Brenda, and learn all of these things and more at Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, now on Maximum Fun. This week, we're talking about appeal factors. What are they? How can you figure out yours? And how exactly can they help improve your reading life? So neither Bria or I had ever heard of appeal factors until Carrie wrote in, and we had to investigate. Appeal factors are elements that help determine what you liked or disliked about a book, but they're much more specific than reading doorways. They're like reading windows. Uh-huh. Ooh, a reading okay. skylight. Okay. Oh, because they're specific. They're smaller than a doorway. Yes. What is the peepholes? The yeah, things in the front holes? of doors. Okay. 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 <laughs> that makes it sound creepy, though. It also sounds like like a doorway you're walking through to find it. A window you're like crawling through the window. I don't know. Like Peering maybe this through? is more of a a reading uh, uh, some a smaller yeah peering through. A reading a reading French doorway. There you go. <laughs> Um, And librarians use these, right, appeal factors in reading advisory to help connect patrons with the books that they love. And we can use them in the same way. And it shows how we can use specifics to find books that we love or hate. And it gets you closer to finding your next five-star read. So should we go through them? First one. And talk about what we feel like of our own. I feel like some of them we agree on. Some of them I actually don't know the answer to. But we should just go through them all, right? Okay. Yes. So the first one, and again, these are much more more dialed in. There's a, and there's more of them than, than doorways. There's eight of them. Should in we remind this, people what doorways are, just in case? Let's yes. remind people. 
If you just started listening to the show and you're like, what are these two weird ladies talking about with doorways? So reading doorways is a concept created by librarian, superstar librarian, Nancy Pearl. And there's four of them. There is plot, character, setting, and language. And basically, it's which one of these things is your doorway into reading? What is the thing that you connect to the most? What is the thing that attracts you? What is the, what is the thing that keeps you reading? I'm a plot reader. Bria is a setting reader. I think we're both, your setting, I'm plot, and our secondary is both character. So these are sort of like that, but they're just much more specific. The first one is pacing, which I thought was really interesting, and I would have never thought to include it, but it's really important. So it's basically, you know, do you like fast-paced books? Or maybe you like a leisurely paced, sprawling, sort of slow book. Bria, what do you think about pacing? I'm going to say for me... Fast paced, definitely. Like I will read a sprawling book, but I have to like gear up for it. Like I need to do a few stretches to convince my brain (laughs) it's a good idea. Like you can do it. You can read a sprawling book. You can read a really slow burn book. But if a a book starts and it just like goes, I'm like, hell yeah. Like this is, this is a book I'm going to keep reading. And you're the same way, right? Oh yeah. I definitely gravitate toward fast paced books. Uh, I'm the same way. I can get into a slower paced book if it's uh, like, I'm really into the world. Okay. Uh, Uh You know, it's like a really intricate, maybe it's a fantasy book or something. And I just like hanging out there. You know, I'm not really, I'm so into the vibes, I guess, (laughs) that Mm -hmm. I'm not as interested. I'm I'm definitely interested in what's going on, but I'm satisfied by just finding out more about the world. But really, I like a book that starts off with a bang. Like, Mm -hmm. I love a book that's like, and then the body fell on the floor. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to know what's happening. Like, that's uh-huh, that's uh-huh. really, really a thing for me. Uh, what's the next one? Uh, the next one is characterization. So this is different from a character-focused doorway. This is character specifics. Like, do you like a large group of characters? Or do you like to focus on just one? Do you like villains or heroes? Do they need to be likable? Like, do they need to have a certain job? You know, whatever it is that makes you want to focus that will bring you into a character. So Mallory, what kind of characterization do you like? I think I'm characterization neutral because I'm Mm. kind of all over the place. I like all kinds of characters. I don't need a likable character. I like books from the point of view of one character. I like multiple POVs. This is not one of the appeal factors that makes or breaks a book for me. It's just, uh, there. Yeah. (laughs) What do you, what do you think? Um, Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think I'm the same way. Like I love a multiple storyline with many characters. And then I also love a deep dive into someone's fucked up psyche, which is basically the book I just read. And also I was like, oh, do I like, you know, just like interesting characters? But like, no, I actually like a boring character. Like that's actually something really (laughs) interesting. I just don't think this is an important one to me at all. Yeah. So this next one is actually the one that I find most interesting in this whole list. It's called Storyline. It's also called the book's blueprint. It sort of means what kind of structure do you like for your book? And I think it's really, really interesting because some books have the same plot elements, but very different blueprints. Great example, 10,000 Doors of January by Alex Harrow and The Starless Sea by Aaron Morgenstern have very similar plot elements with like doorways to other worlds, someone sort of on a journey, um, but they have very, very different structures. Um, yeah. And h- how the book plays out. What do you think? Well, okay, let me ask you a question just to clarify with these. Like, is this I go into, I go and talk to a librarian and I'm like, I really like books with story 
with that like I'm thinking about the storyline or am I like I like a book that's told in like a weird backwards way or something like is it that we're getting specific on sorry I guess I don't totally understand them <laughs> like are we getting well, specific like, on them this, this, like epistolary novels would fall okay. under this like maybe two books tell the same story of someone finding their lost love uh, or two people falling in love with each other, but maybe you gravitate towards this is how we lose the time more because it's two people writing towards each, right. writing to each other instead of just like a straightforward romance novel. You know what I mean? Right. Okay. So, like so the I basically, of it is different. If I'm going into a library and I'm like, hey, I'm looking for a book and I love storyline as my appeal factor, but I specifically mm-hmm. like I I need to get into like what kind of storylines I like basically when I'm talking to a librarian. Yes. Okay. I'm just making double sure because it's not like doorways where I can be like, I like plot, you know, which is a very simple yeah. way of saying this is much more. That's you what I mean. I think this one like- is a little more inarticulatable because it like really dial. And I feel like there's not aside from epistolary, there's not a lot of words for different blueprints of right. books. Like maybe like another example, one of my favorite books, The Red Tree by Caitlin Kiernan is a haunted house book just like house of leaves is but they have very different blueprints for how sure, sure, sure. both roll out so you would say i'm looking for a haunted house book but i want a really unusual blueprint like house of leaves i see because like pacing that's very clear to me you go in you're like hey i read books based on pacing i do not read a leisurely paced book i only read fast-paced books mm-hmm. but this one is so much more specific yes the, all that being said um i think Interesting structures are interest of interest to me. Like, I think that's why you and I both picked up Long Division, the book you and I read oh, earlier sure. this year, because it was told, mm-hmm. like, in two different ways. Like, it was told all from one POV and then all from another one. Is that what it was? Or, like, you and you flipped the book You could over. read it forwards and backwards. Yeah, that's really wild. Like, that kind of stuff is really interesting to me, but it's not something that's going to make me pick up a book, except epistolary. I like an epistolary story, and I will pick up. I'm not only reading those, but I will pick it up for sure what about you are you going in being like storyline is important blueprint is an easier way to put this because storyline feels to me yeah storyline i think is a confusing term for it blueprint i think is a lot more straightforward um yeah i think this is definitely one of the more important ones for me because i am a hundred percent tempted like long division once i found out that you could read it forwards and backwards I had to know like immediately my interest is so peaked that I have to just be like, I have to, I have to buy this book. I have to read it. I'm really, especially because, you know, a lot of the things that are in my wheelhouse are stuff that like perfect example, haunted house books. I've read 50 fucking million of them. But if someone's like, Hey, this is a haunted house book told in a, in a, with a blueprint that you've never seen before. I'm like, gimme, I gotta have it. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. What's the next one, Bria? This one's a little more the straightforward. Next one, very straightforward. You can go, it's details. Like, do does it have book extras? We hear about this all the time. People, glassers love a People map. People love details. And I love an illustration, but it can be family trees, footnotes, recipes, historical detail, all sorts of, any sort of detail. And you could go in and be like, this is something that interests me, this kind of specificity in a book that has, oh, this book has a map. I love a book with maps. Like, that's something you could say. Is this important to you? Yeah, these are frosting for me. You know, it's nice to have them, but I, and I always appreciate them if they're there, but I don't really need them. But you specifically see a book with an illustration and you're like, give me that. I I do like an illustration. What's unfortunate is that I e-read and so a lot of them don't have the illustrations or maybe they don't look quite as great, unfortunately. But yes, I do like an illustration and I'm not like specifically looking for a book with that, but if it has one, it is very much something I will 
lean towards for sure. Uh, what's the next one? So the next one is an is one we've definitely seen an uptick in mm-hmm. this year specifically is tone. Very important for mood readers. You know, if you're you like really bleak horror, you like cozy books, you like a happy and upbeat romance book, you like a hopeful book. Um, what do you think, Bri? Are you uh, looking for tone? I think you and I are on the same page here. Like we, mm-hmm. I think there's certain tones we steer clear of, but otherwise kind of open to tone. Like I love, I, like nothing grim dark for me, nothing too dark, but uh, otherwise I'm pretty open. Like lately I've been wanting a little more cozy, a little more easy to read fun books. She says, as she just read Rouge, which was not. I was going to say, you just read a Mona cozy, Wad book. Cozy I feel like all. Maybe not the uh, But I have been leaning towards those kind of books. Uh, what about you? Oh, 100% the same way. It's very, our reading Venn diagram is always so interesting to me because we don't always like the th- same things, but we always dislike the same things. Yeah, that's interesting. Which I think is very, very funny for two readers, but on the same way. If someone's like, this is a this book is really bleak then i'm not gonna pick it up any really anything um i was hesitant to watch that new movie when evil lurks because um one of my really good friends was like this movie's bleak as hell and i was like "Mm." and then i watched the end of it with jeremy and i was like this is really interesting but i probably wouldn't want to read that in book form yeah it would be tough wait isn't it where evil lurks something it's a a complicated somewhere sometime we don't know where i loved that movie but yes yes it is definitely lurking (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's definitely lurking and it is horrifying yes uh but in book form i think it's harder to read a bleak book because you're in it for so much longer and um yeah it just really doesn't do it for me but you know everyone knows i've been really into cozy books this year i love a happy upbeat romance novel i'm handing my book in literally today and i have barely been able to focus on anything but i've had a romance novel going because it's the only thing that my brain can handle because i just need something happy and upbeat um but i know that even though tone is not as big for us there's just a ton of glasses like tone is really Mm -hmm. how they pick a book um what's the next one uh learning experience does it teach you anything about a time period, a trade, a place, etc.? How do you feel about learning experience in a book? Yeah, same with the extras. You know, I love it, but it's not like in my wheelhouse. Uh, maybe it's because I'm a history writer and like I am up to my armpits Constantly in historical details learning. at all times. I, I'm done learning today, okay? <laughs> Give me something that I already know about. <laughs> I think I just don't care as much, which is so funny for a nonfiction author, but at least with fiction, like it's always nice to have and it's very interesting, but I'm such a plot reader, like setting is a secondary thing for me or a third tertiary thing for me. If someone's making it all up, I like don't care. What about you? I I actually love this. Like I love a new job, a new location I've never been to, even if it's made up. I love that location. Even if the rules are made up, like even I'm I'm learning about some, you know, some new place. Uh, Maybe that's not a learning experience, but I do really like that. Well, but you do this when you travel. Yeah, I do. And I I just generally like, I do kind of like things set. Like, look, I love a book set in Los Angeles, maybe in the film industry, but mostly I am trying to escape that you know so i would like to be doing something else uh reading about something else so yeah i do really like this um really into it uh what is the next one uh this one i the last one this one this one is not on the normal appeal factor list but it's something that i added because i see glassers talk about it all the time and i think it should it really belongs in this list this is a 
reading glasses special for you. I put tense and POV, you know, because there's a, mm. some people really hate books written in the present tense. Some people only like re- reading books that are written in the third person. People have really strong opinions about tense and POV. Bria, are you one of those people? Not really. I'm kind of fine with all of it. Um, uh, I'm reading a new book right now and it switches between second person present tense and then third person past tense, like in the chapters. I love the the switching back and forth, but I'm not drawn to any particular tense or disgusted by any of them. How are you feeling? Disgusted? <laughs> Get that tense out of here. What do you, what about you? Do you hate a tense? Um, I don't really care. The only thing is, is the same thing with tone. I have one big tense or I have one big POV doghouse item and that is I absolutely fucking goddamn hate when a book has a main POV character out at the start of the book and then it never goes back to it. Wait, wait, like I, first person present first person. Yeah. And then like they go into third person and they never go back. Or they just they go into a different character and they never return to that character. There's only one book I can think of that I didn't hate it and that's Monstrilio which is oh. a book that I read this year and I loved. But normally if an author starts out with a POV character for, you know, 50 pages and then they go to someone else and they never return to that main character, I'm like, I just spent 50 pages with this person. Oh, You're going to take them that. away from me and I never I get to see what's happening. I hate had, it so much. Interesting. Interesting. I haven't even thought of that. So that's a, uh, huh. Okay. All right. I normally, if a book starts to do this, I will dump it. That is the okay. that is a wow. testament to how much I hard love and fast dumping rule, Mallory. Oh yeah, <laughs> you better right keep out the that car main window. character in there. All right, okay, hate right. it. I didn't know that about you. Um, so overall, which of these these little reading windows, these reading French doorways, is it French doors or French doorways? <laughs> I think it's French doors. French doors, yeah, French doors, yeah. Which of these appeal factors is the most important to you? Which one's the least, Bria? I'm going to say maybe learning experience is the most important to me oh, or pacing, maybe, maybe pacing, but learning experience is something that like, I really like, like if you were like, Oh, this is an entire book written from the point of view. I think it's also why I pick up a lot of like nonfiction books. Like I loved that book by the bird or guy. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. I want to learn about that. Um, uh, but also like, I love if you're like, this is a fantasy book, but it's all from the point of view of a, of a, a fishmonger. I'm like, hell yeah, it is. Like, I like, I want to like read that. I would actually read the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah me too. Um, and I would say the least important is going to be um, storyline because it's just too broad. I, I mean, that's why I, yeah, not to argue against it. I just felt like it was like something I couldn't really get my brain around. Oh, that's interesting. I feel mine is definitely, I think mine's a tie between pacing. And now that we talk, went through this episode, I think it's pacing and structure or pacing mm. and blueprint are the most important to me. They're the ones that definitely will draw me into the book. And the least one is, is probably learning experience. Oh, wow. Learning okay. experience or details. Like I won't normally pick up a, like if someone's like, this book has a map in it, I'm not going to be like, Ooh, well, I'm like, I just, don't care. It's interesting because I think we both are like, oh, well, that doesn't dictate what the book is. But for a lot of people, that would dictate what the book is to them. You know, like yeah, that's the sure. and so it's interesting seeing these different ways that someone might enter a reading experience where that is the most important thing to them. Oh, for sure. Uh, there yeah. are a hundred percent lots of glassers who open up a book and see a family tree and they're like, eyes go ooga, like yeah, yeah, cartoon <laughs> <ugas>. yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> or they their tongue falls out of their mouth and they have to like pull it back in, you know? They're, they're like a like a cartoon dog who sees a a sexy another cartoon dog. <laughs> or a pie. It's the same reaction. <laughs> That's all, all all we all aspire to is to be as sexy as a pie, yeah, a fresh I mean, pie on a windowsill. <laughs> I'm not not aspiring to that. <laughs> it's a good Halloween costume, sexy pie. Sexy pie, you just would have to like get some kind of cardboard cutout to look like the little like steam. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, then you do need that, yeah. And then you should walk around oh, with like yeah. a perfume and you keep smell like spraying the air with like pie scent. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Um, Well, we hope you all picked up something new in this episode. Maybe there's something in this list that you either really love or you really hate and you never thought about it that way. And I mean, I definitely I had never thought about Blueprint before ever. And now it's something that I am going to pay attention to. And I think it'll help me pick out some more books that are interesting to me. And I hope uh, all the glassers have the same experience. Send your thoughts on appeal factors to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about what to do when you love a series and another author takes it over we're going to take a quick break reading glasses is brought to you in part this week by dipsy have you heard of dipsy if you've listened to this show you definitely have because we talk about it all the time it's a way for you to get all sorts of oral pleasures that's oral a-u-r-a-l Get your mind out of the gutter or take it to the gutter with Dipsy. We love Dipsy. Whatever you're into, Dipsy has it. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners, and 56 of the stories are voice acted by people of color. They also have sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories that you can read. So there's all sorts of ways that you can use Dipsy. We love Dipsy. We love the idea of you taking your phone, downloading this app, and then listening to sexy stories. Or maybe you just want something to go to sleep. But whatever you're into, trust me, Dipsy has it. It has all sorts of ways for you to find it. It is a very comprehensive app. Both Mallory and I really like it. So for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Yucky Jessica. I'm Chuck Crudsworth. And this is Terrible. A podcast where we talk about things we hate that are awful. Today we're discussing Wonderful, a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Hosts Rachel and Griffin McElroy, a real-life married couple. Yuck. Discuss a wide range of topics. Music, video games, poetry, snacks. But I hate all that stuff. I know you do, Yucky Jessica. It comes out every Wednesday, the worst day of the week, wherever you download your podcasts. For our next topic, we're talking Fiona the baby hippo from the Cincinnati Zoo. I hate this little hippo. (laughs) 
Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Brandon writes in, Dear Mallory and Bria, a new book has recently been released that continues one of my favorite series after a few years. However, the book is written by a different author than the first few books because the original author unexpectedly died and the publisher enlisted another author to finish the pre-planned series. How should I feel about this? Should I give the book a chance? Thank you for taking the time to read this email and perhaps give me some guidance from my bookish big sisters. Uh, Bria, what Brandon, which Brandon do? Mallory, what book is this? Do you know? I don't know. Oh, I thought you would just know. It seemed like I mean, the only one I can think of is Brandon Sanderson, but uh, Brandon Sanderson took over from Robert Jordan a few years ago now, and that wouldn't be a recent one. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I love that you were just like I, I thought that you would just know like I'm a book Jedi like I would just yeah. sense the universe I just thought you would know happen. and I was just curious I wish I wish uh I wish we would know okay um I'm gonna say look if you love this world and you want to live in this world longer meaning the book world not the world we currently live in the book world um <laughs> Like, I don't know what to tell you if you love the world we live in, which is also fine. Um, uh, go ahead and keep reading. Go read it. I would say I would be honored if someone took something I created and made more of that thing after I died. Like, even if it sucked, I'd be like, wow, I'm just like inspiring more art and creating a cool legacy. Like, that's pretty cool. And like the probably, you know, that person's estate is getting some of the money, which is nice, you know. But if it, I mean, I, I don't think... I think it should be fine unless you think it'll ruin your idea of the book, which I don't think it will because you still have that original book. But I think like a lot of artists would enjoy would you shouldn't feel bad consuming someone else's art if that's the problem, if that's what's standing in the way here. I don't know why I went to that. It could also be just that you don't think it'll be as good. Um, And it may not be. It may not be as good. But I'm going to say like. If there's some artists who are like, no, never make anything of mine. I want my legacy to live on just as me. But I think a lot of people would be like, I created a world. Like, keep it going. Like, keep the fans happy, you know? Um, and obviously, and if you're a big fan of this person's work, it's okay to like someone else's work within that same world. Um, what do you think, Mallory? So Brandon's asking us how he should feel. But I want to okay. know how does Brandon feel? Oh, okay. You know? Like, however you feel is the way that you should feel, because however you feel is the right way. Mm. You know, I know it's a tough situation. It's very emotional on a lot of levels. You know, you get really attached to an author and a series and characters in a world. Besides the fact that the author passed away, which is very sad and tragic and emotional. But it's also like, you know, the thing that they created went unfinished. And that's, you know, there's just a lot of emotion going on here. But I totally agree with you. I think Brandon should give the book a chance. Like, what's what is to lose? You know, like... If it's bad, fucking stick in a little free library, you know? You don't have to yeah. finish the whole thing. Um, you know, that new author is trying as hard as they can to give they you are. the experience that you and, want. And they know how, like, this is a big weight on their shoulders trying to, like, yes. do this job. No, I don't think this author is, like, busted into their office, throwing on a pair of sunglasses, turning their work chair backwards and being like, I'm just going to bang out something easy and quick. Like, you know that this author is really giving it their all. And mm-hmm. wants you to have, you know, the experience that you want. They've probably gone through, read all of these books multiple times, read this author's other drafts and whatever, you know, notes that they have. Give them a shot. You know, the worst, again, is that you don't like it and you don't have to finish it. But the best is maybe it's still good and you like mm-hmm. it. And A, you'll get a new author that you like and you can read that other author stuff and you get to continue this world that you love. There's only wins if you try and there's not a lot of losing if you don't, you know. 
Yeah, let Read us know. And Brandon, tell us what tell us what series this is we want to know. Please let us know. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from, quote, just another Sarah. <laughs> You're <laughs> not just like another Sarah to us. Not to us. Oh, all the Sarahs are special. Um, <laughs> Sarah says, so... Oh, my God. I forgot about this one, Bria. This one made me laugh real hard. Yeah. So I have written in before to ask this question and was given a great tip, but I've grown now. (laughs) As has my hunger for very specific book elements. I had asked about how to find genre books with romance that don't have a lot of sex. A great tip was given to look for more cozy books. I loved it and I did it, but I don't want to always feel cozy in all the other ways. What if I want some body horror, violence, gore, people being put in terrible situations, but also they kiss? What's the 30-somethings version of YA genre books that I'm missing? Heavy on a lot of things, light on romance. Like cayenne (laughs) pepper and brownies, it's not supposed Mm -hmm. to be there, but it makes it better because it is. Examples, Dead Silence, Lone Women, and Mexican Gothic. P.S. I fucking love you guys. Bria. I love this so much. We actually got this pretty recently and I bumped it up the queue because it made me laugh so hard. It is funny. It's very funny. So, okay, Sarah, it seems like you're wanting a genre book, but it has a romance B plot, possibly even C plot, maybe even a D plot. Like, it seems like it's not that important. (laughs) The D Um, plot is the steamy stuff. So she doesn't definitely doesn't want that. (laughs) The D plot. (laughs) Silly. Um, I mean, Mallory, I think you're going to have to leave after that joke. We're, we're shutting down the podcast forever. Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say, um, I think that it's in a lot of horror books, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot. But it's tough because sometimes it's a spoiler. So like, mm-hmm. I don't. Like, definitely check out other Sylvia Moreno Garcia books because I think they also have some romance in them if you would check them out. But I don't want to say that one, those, because uh, you already have Mexican Gothic on your list and I feel like you're going to pick up other Sylvia Moreno Garcia books. I'm going to go with Plain Bad Heroines by Emily M. Danforth. This is a really good pick. It's both set in present day and in the past and it's about the school for girls where some deaths happen and then in, in the present day, that's the past, in the present day there's a movie being made about those deaths and it's great and the people end up in bad situations and there's some body horror but I'm going to say based on your suggestions it actually seems like you like historical or otherworldly books. Like I think you may be inspired by setting or location because like those three books, two of them are um, historical horror and then one is like a space book, which is kind of exactly what I love is like the kind of just very much a setting doorway. So I think maybe look into that as a doorway for yourself. Like something like Anatomy of Love Story. That's also a historical horror book. It has a little bit of romance in it too. But like look into that because I think you might be interested in that just based on the books that you named. Mallory, what do you have? I think we got to do an episode on this because horror romance is climbing up the charts. Well, for... this is like horror romance adjacent, though. I, I feel like this is romance, ho- horror with romance as opposed to horror romance. Yeah, but people keep asking. They're like, I want a horror book, but someone gets smooched. Like, okay. it is turning <laughs> into our hottest. It's like sci-fi books for dads, horror where someone gets smooched. Like, those okay. are the All two right. we should biggest do it. requests. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. 
I am going to recommend an old standby that I have recommended a bunch for space horror, but also works for this. It is Salvaged by friends of the show, Madeline Rue. You know, it's a, it's an amazing space horror book, but it also has a touch of romance. The book is scary. It's got lots of creepy body horror. And I think if, um, who is it? Uh, I think if Sarah likes Dead Silence, they'll really like this. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, agree. I fucking loved it. Uh, I think it'll satisfy exactly what Sarah is looking for. There's no... No one's no one's getting boned up in space, but it is like just a touch of romance. It's kind of at the it's like light light throughout the book and then light at the end. But it's there and it like it really is that cayenne pepper and brown. Do people put cayenne pepper and brownies sometimes? Yeah. Why? Um, like give a little bit of kick. Yeah, you get a little kick in there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's exactly what this book is. You know, it's about a um a woman with a past and she's got secrets and she is trying to run from that past by she's basically taken a job kind of as a space janitor cleaning up um abandoned and old spaceships and her and her crew of cleanup people get summoned to a job and they find this abandoned spaceship and we all know that nothing fucking good happens on an abandoned spaceship definitely no stay away stay away from that and while they're there dealing with this scary thing that's on the spaceship, you know, all her secrets come out, all her past comes out. Um, and it's just great. I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, Sarah, I think it'll satisfy you. So that is uh, salvaged by Madeline room. And I'm saying plain bad heroines by Emily M. Danforth. As always, you can send your recommendation request to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, you can buy reading glasses, totes, shirts, stickers, warm sweatshirts, adorable pillows, anything you want to decorate your reading area. Maybe you have a little reading nook and you want to put a little reading glasses pizzazz in there. You can go over to our Void Merch store. It is a lovely store with lots of options that helps us feed our cats is a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to do something that's totally free for Bria and I, please write and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. Open up that mobile app, take 30 seconds to give us a lovely review or a five-star rating. It's really great for us and helps us reach more glassers. You can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading cheap podcast on Instagram at reading glasses podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for reading. Thanks for reading. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.